not everyone wants to jump out and be an entrepreneur and have their own business and be wholly responsible for all of the things that it means to be in business and be an entrepreneur. That doesn't mean that we don't have an entrepreneurial spirit, right? That doesn't mean that we might not um, be in other roles, working in other organizations, um, being part of, you know, corporate teams and we could still cultivate our entrepreneurial spirit. For me, when I hear that phrase, I literally think creative, creation, co-creating. Hello and welcome to Her Entrepreneurial Spirit. I'm your host, Monique Lover. In this space, I share unscripted conversations with female entrepreneurs who are harnessing the power of spirituality to create authentic and purpose-driven lives and businesses. Together, we are breaking through the rules and fears and leading with courage and love. It's time to lean into your own light as you let these stories encourage you to explore the unlimited potential of your own entrepreneurial spirit. Erica Blackburn is a spiritual healer and mentor. Over the last decade, Erica has worked with clients locally and globally, doing powerful conscious-based healing. Erica founded the Invite Your Light Method for Spiritual Evolution, which integrates timeless spiritual practices and perspectives to guide you inward and upward so that you can experience quantum leaps and take practical action steps to discover your true nature, live authentically, and fulfill your life's purpose. Oh, welcome, Erica. I am so excited to have you here. You are just such a lovely person that's full of life and light. And I just, I can't wait to see where this conversation goes. Mm, Thank you so much. It is literally a joy to be here. I love having these conversations with you. Oh, me too. I love, I love geeking out behind the scenes. Um, <laughs> whenever I see Erica and her practice, it's like, blah, 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 blah. okay, now you need to be quiet so you can receive some healing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. Oh, so tell me, like, I know it's hard. Everyone says, okay, tell me about your journey. Where, where did it get started? What, what is for you kind of, what is that pivotal moment? in your journey as an entrepreneur, as a spiritual entrepreneur, where things just changed for you and how it how it kind of all came together to where you are now in this beautiful description of the work that you do now. Was it something overnight? Was this a long process for you? Well, I know that you are open to us being very vulnerable. So I'll share something on on your podcast that I have never really shared before because of the way you asked the question, was there a pivotal moment? And there there were a few pivotal moments. Um, I have been trained in business. I have a background, a BBA, an MBA. I, I literally love business. Like I loved school growing up. I loved it all, all of it all the subjects loved it. Um, And I really had this vision for myself of, you know, going into the corporate world and all the things I wanted to do there. And I've never told any, I've never, you know, said this kind of publicly before, but I kept being laid off, downsized, like the roots that I was trying to take that I was like, no, this is going to be it. It just kept 
like it was like a door kept closing in my face. And it was honestly very heartbreaking for me because I had such a dream to go in this route. And yes, like persevere, keep going forward. Don't take no for an answer. Like, yes, except that in my heart, I was like, I can't keep running into the brick wall. Like I need to step back and reevaluate. And simultaneously, while I was in business school and um, while I was cultivating more of like the intellectual cognitive side of myself, I had always been drawn to spiritual things. My mom took me to yoga when I was very young. My aunt took me to like wellness appointments when I was very young. Um, I was doing like scrapbooking and making um, dream boards before I even knew that that was a thing, right? So like all of those things were happening when I was very young, before I kind of got conditioned by the world uh, and by society as we all do. Um, and so I I thought to myself, well, okay, I'm it, at this moment where it feels like doors that I really want to walk through keep closing. And I have so much grief because of that, that I think I need to A, take care of myself and just like regroup and B, I need to look at what other opportunities are available to me. And it was more of this spiritual route. It was things that I've cultivated for a while, but never really pursued fully as a, a career or a calling up until that. Yeah. So uh, that was the turning point. <laughs> and that's when I was like, okay, let's not explore. Um, being in the corporate world, let's explore entrepreneurship. That was the turning point for me. And I think your story is so relatable too, because it's, I don't know, we're taught just to, like you said, don't take no for an answer and keep pushing and pushing. But what if what you're pushing towards is, is the wrong direction? What if all of this energy that you're supposed to be putting into pushing, you're pushing, trying to go through the wrong door? That's right? Keeps closing and is locked, but you're in your mind, you're so fixated on, no, there's only this door that I need to go through that you lose sight of everything else that could be out there for you. Very much so. And I think the thread that, because of course I was reflecting the whole time, you know, as these experiences were happening, I was like, okay, what, what do I need to like do better? What do I need to do different? Cause this is obviously where our mind usually goes, especially as like type A personalities, who lean in slightly a perfectionist tone. It's like, oh, okay, how can I be better? Right. But that got really exhausting because I was like, I, I don't know that I can be better. Like, I don't know how to be better. I'm trying everything. So now I just need to step back and reflect. But when I reflect it, I was like, oh, but what's the thread that was common? Like, what did I want to do in the corporate world? And how can I do that you know, in the entrepreneurial world. And it, it was to help people, but to help people grow and evolve and develop. And I was just like, okay, I'm just going to take that passion that I have, which I thought could only be done this one way. And I'm going to turn it into another way. So it's really still what was in my heart. It was just through a different vehicle or a different avenue. And when you got started, were you, did you always call yourself a spiritual entrepreneur? Kind of what were the roots? And because I know it's been a long journey and just because you started one thing in entrepreneurship. That's the thing with being an entrepreneur, even uh, having the mind of an entrepreneur. You don't even, I find you don't even have to have a business. You can just be a maker, creator, is that you're always, the wheels are always turning, right? You go in and thinking you're going to do one thing. You're like, oh, there's this too. And I could combine them. And you're just, you're creating just amazing things. It's, 
blows my mind. <laughs> I completely agree. That is what I would call entrepreneurship. Like it is about being creative. It's about being a creator. Um, I think that because I had such a strong business background, I really wouldn't, I wouldn't call my, I wouldn't have in the beginning called myself an entrepreneur. Like that was almost like not a safe word to use because it felt like it was actually maybe stepping into a, a place of power in myself that I wasn't ready to fully claim at the beginning. And I would have not called myself a spiritual hero at the beginning because I didn't feel like I was at the level of my own growth that I could own what that meant. Um, and, you know, when you read the bio that I have, that has taken 10 years to cultivate, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that, it, that has taken 10 years to actually realize what I'm all about, what I'm doing here in the world, what my calling is. Um, it has been a process and a journey. And yet I definitely believe that from the moment of birth, that was a spark that was inside of me, which is why I call the method invite your light because I, it's about cultivating that spark that has always been in us. Um, and we each have our own journey to that. So I would not have called myself what I call myself now, but now upon reflection of the many years of cultivating this, I feel comfortable owning that, stepping into it because of all the work I've done personally, professionally. Um, I feel good about embracing that fully now. And it was a very mindful choice. Every word was a mindful decision. Um, yeah cultivate it and put together over all those years until it was like, ah, okay, this, this is it. And my, my journey really did start with yoga. And then it, well, actually, let me, let me say that again. My journey actually started with coaching. When I was 20, I was like, I want to be a life coach. And people were like, ah, you're too young. You can't be a life coach at 20. But like, I literally, as soon as I finished my first degree, I was like, that's what I want to be. I, I want to be a coach. And I worked with other coaches and got assessments done. And I remember someone being like, oh, I don't know if entrepreneurship is the right route for you. So then that was like heartbreaking. Um, right. But again, just different people's opinions and different conditioning. And I didn't, you know, I don't have to live by that one belief or opinion, um, because I think they were basing it off of what entrepreneurship is in one way of thinking and not the way that I now embrace it or the way that I know that you embrace it and, and everything that your podcast and your work is about. So maybe I wouldn't be suited for that type of entrepreneurship that they were thinking, but the type that I'm embracing now, I'm like, no, this is definitely it. <laughs> like I, 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 it feels so aligned, um, but no, it didn't happen overnight either. I love that you really put emphasis on like, this is 10 years in the making and right. It's how easy is it to go to someone's website and think, oh my gosh, they have this all together, especially when you're starting off. And it's like, no, this took me a decade to cultivate and probably in the next decade, who knows what you're going to change because that's what you do. Right. Oh my goodness. Well, it's funny that you would even say that. Cause I look at my website now and I'm like, Oh my goodness, there's a thousand things I would do different now. Like how do I, <laughs> right. And so uh, yes, it's always an evolution of growth. And I also think we hit certain land um, kind of like uh, milestones or landmarks that it's like, uh, okay, this can be embraced and, and kind of shared to a new level. This has been cultivated and now it's ready for this. And, and I think that that's just a sense inside of, oneself when they're on the entrepreneurship journey. Um, but yeah, the very beginning of it 
to go back to your original question around this was actually coaching, life coaching and wanting to do that work with people. And then it turned into yoga and then Reiki and then body talk and then and Chinese medicine and right in it just, it was my own journey of healing. And then it did start to connect with my business background and kind of became what it is now today. Oh, I love how you take all those different backgrounds and modalities and you don't have to be the one thing, but all these different things make you who you are. And of course it's you, you're bringing you to the table too. And someone could go out and they could have studied all these same things that you did, but it's still you, your, your take on it, the way that you've developed your own method and have really kind of cultivated that. Um, it, it really brings that uniqueness. Well, I like to think so. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> You're welcome. It's true. We can't, we can't just look at the things in their parts, yeah. right? You know, and I think this is how entrepreneurial minds work. Maybe at least just how my mind works as an entrepreneur. I like to be able to look at it from the, the higher perspective and say, okay, like, how does this all come together? And it was the moment that I could see how it all came together and kind of the foundation or the overlying thing that I support people with that. I was like, oh, now I'm an entrepreneur. Now I am a spiritual healer and mentor entrepreneur. Like it, it clicked, but it took a long time to get to that place for it to all click and come together. And I remember even years ago saying to, you know, someone in my life, like, oh, I just don't feel like the pieces are coming together. And they were like, no, they are. They are coming together. And I was like, they're not. And that's okay because they're not ready to come together yet. But I needed to be honest with myself about that, but about the desire to get to that place where they would be under this umbrella that then could, just, you know, serve whoever needs to be served in the moment. As you're saying that, I'm like, oh yes, I resonate with that <laughs> so much. Or you, you want them to come together quicker than yes. what they actually are. And you forget about the process in between and you can get so fixated in the end point of like, no, I need this to come together now because this is my plan and this is what I'm going to create. And then when it all finally does come together, Sometimes it can blow you away of, oh, well, that's not even what was happening there. <laughs> it's it's really beautiful and just staying in that moment and letting things unfold as they're supposed to in your journey as an entrepreneur in life or in anything. But isn't that the hard part is just letting it do its thing. <laughs> I, I, and I really feel like this is the difference between the mind's timeline and, you know, the divine mm -hmm. timeline. Um, and I really do feel that, you know, if things aren't coming together on the outside so much, it's like something's changing and shifting inside of you, inside of me. So I need to honor that. And then when the time, when the divine timing is right, it's going to come together on, you know, on the outside, so to speak, or it's going to be then reflected into the world in the way that it, is going to be right. But it's like, if something's not happening out here, just know that something's happening in here. Something's mm -hmm. happening. In yeah. And that you can't, you can't rush that. Right. No, much like no. any process in nature. I mean, we can't, we, we couldn't rush the seasons. We can't rush a flower in budding or a butterfly and becoming a butterfly. You can't rush it, but we do have to trust. Well, that's where we have to trust the process. And being an entrepreneur, I think that is what is challenging. The more that I've stepped in 
to entrepreneurship, like owning it in myself and then owning it in, you know, how, how I do my business. The more I literally have to step into trusting the process, the more I have to step into trusting source or God or the divine or whatever word feels appropriate for someone to use, because it's not, I'm not creating with, with the world anymore. I'm co-creating with, with source. And that's like a whole different ball game. You know, you don't learn that in business school. You don't, no. <laughs> you don't even, you sometimes don't even learn that in spiritual training, right? Like that is something that I think kind of happens in one's own heart. Cause it's a leap of faith of like, okay, I'm just going to trust this and like do what I'm being called to every moment, every day. And then that starts to build into something. Talk to me more about that. Like, I love that whole process of well, it, it's a, it's like any other relationship, right? There's there's the give, there's the take, there's the trust. It's mm-hmm. trusting that you're not the only person that that is doing the creating. When you're sitting down and you're right, you could be writing or drawing or painting or working on a new program for your business. That it's also very freeing to realize that it's not just you that you're in it alone, but just like being in a relationship with a partner or a friend or a parent, it's like, okay, you have to, you have to trust that the other person is going to do their part. So I feel when you are co-creating with spirit, with the divine in that way, it's like, okay, well, you can't, you can't control everything because you're showing that, okay, you're not trusting that entity to do kind of their, their part. Absolutely. And I really feel like it is a daily practice. It's a daily check-in. It's a daily, okay, where's my mind at today? Where's my ego at today? And I, you know this about me and a lot of my clients know this about me that I love meditation. It has been something I've practiced for literally more than 10 years at this point. And I do really rely on that as a way to come back to source, right? To come back to that emptiness, that void, the unknown. Um, That is really one of the practices that is key in being an entrepreneur for me. In being a spiritual entrepreneur, that is an important practice for me. I mean, I have a lot of practices that I do daily, but if I had to boil it down to one, like that is one of the key ones in my life. And I know it's not right for everyone all the time, but for me, that has been the guiding the guiding source, because that is when I can get empty and clear so that I can actually hear, you know, source. And then when I'm in the business of my day, it's easier to to hear those little nudges, those little pieces of guidance. Um, When I'm in the busy of the day or the busy of my own mind, that, that voice of source is still not necessarily the loudest, but the clearest. It's the one that I give the most attention to. Mm, instead of spreading your tension too thin. Yeah, exactly. Or giving equal merit to all the different nudges that I might have from what I feel or the sensations in my body or my mind or my ego or this part of myself or that part of myself um, or culture conditioning or society conditioning or, um, you know, what, what different people in my life have said throughout my life to me. Because it's like all of those kind of influences are upon us but it has taken time to cultivate and it has been part of my spiritual entrepreneurship journey to have that one voice of source or God or divine or higher self or deeper self be the one that I pay attention to the most. And kind of starting your day with that as your, 
as your priority, really, just like prior prioritizing anything else in your life that is high up on your list yes. that that filters down through the rest of your day instead of like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that later. I'll listen. I'll tune in later. Right. <laughs> And the reason why that's important, because even my own mind is like, oh, there's so many things to get done. Like just oh, put that at the end of the day, which of course then never happens because then we're sleepy by the end of the day. Um, but what it is about that is that then things are easier. There's more, there's smoothness. There's like instantaneousness that I could not have figured out or planned on my own. And that for me comes from the cultivation of that practice daily. Um, that then I'm like, oh, I don't have to like think about things. They just come to me. It's more intuitive. Um, it's my innate guidance, my innate wisdom. I don't have to know how to solve all these things. I just have to lean into that bigger source. That's amazing because I think as a lot of you had mentioned that you're a perfectionist and it's funny. I'm like, oh yes, I so relate with that, <laughs> with that term or recovering perfectionist as I like to call it sometimes, or that control. I find when you're just that perfectionist and you have these high standards, right? And also with that comes a high level of control. And you, at first, it's very easy to view that as losing your control or letting go of your control when really, when you lean into it, it's like, Oh, it's like you said, it's not all on me to figure it out. It, it's all of a sudden, instead of fighting against a current, it's like, Oh, this is a lot easier, <laughs> but there's this fear of, well, I don't want to give away my power, my control. Um, because I don't know the fear, I guess the fear of, if I'm not in control, then what is. Yes. And, and I think yeah. the fear of the unknown, like what, like being more curious about what I don't know and what might be possible that I don't even know yet being more curious about that, that having more weight or clout than, than the fear or then needing to actually know all the answers and all the ways and all the things. And I know that that can be so difficult in entrepreneurship because it's all on us. Like our, our business is our responsibility, you know, being able to be um, available and show up for my clients in the best way possible is my responsibility. Being able to pay the people that support me in my business um, the, the people that I work with, that is my responsibility. So there is all this pressure of responsibility and expectation. And yet I think in this realm of entrepreneurship, we do have to become unconditioned how entrepreneurship once was thought of or how it has been looked at. And we have to be able to step in to this, this new way that it can be experienced, this co-creation with the divine, because, well, I kind of feel like that's now the only way to do this type of entrepreneurship, to do creative entrepreneurship, like that, I feel like that is the way, that is the Tao, so to speak. Um, so that's my experience thus far with it. I love that. And it's funny, it was um, something that I wanted to, that we discussed and that I've been telling listeners that I want to do new this season is to bring in listener questions into the conversation and and think, look, along the way of, okay, okay, flow, not having a plan. I thought, oh, maybe we'll just do all the questions at the end. But as you're talking like, oh, oh, this is good because I have the questions right here and I've read them ahead of time. Like, okay, I think we're going to go right into some of these questions because I, I love what you're, you, what you are talking about is so in alignment with what other people want to know, which I find fascinating because I really feel that people are brought together 
over, you know, certain places and locations or over a podcast to learn from each other. And I, actually, as you're talking, I'm kind of blown away. I'm looking at the questions like, oh, I, th- I think she's answering <laughs> these already. <laughs> but as you're talking about your entrepreneurial journey, there's a, people have other questions too about getting getting started. Um, so I'd love to bring that into the conversation as well too. Um, and someone had asked, "Why? How did you get started as an entrepreneur?" And tips you have? I, I don't know if you have any other specific tips around that. And also, there's a very specific question about what point in your journey can you begin to help others. Or can you begin as a spiritual entrepreneur? So I don't know if that provokes any inspiration in what you were talking about there. Absolutely. Yes. So let, let me first say that um, because I know that not every, okay, how do I say this? Not everyone wants to jump out and be an entrepreneur and have their own <laughs> business and be wholly responsible for all of the things that it means to be in business and be an entrepreneur, like in um that doesn't mean that we don't have an entrepreneurial spirit, right? That doesn't mean that we might not um, be in other roles, working in other organizations, um, being part of, you know, corporate teams, and we could still cultivate our entrepreneurial spirit. For me, when I hear that phrase, I literally think creative, creation, co-creating. And I do believe that in the right workplaces, in the right roles, you know, for you that it feels aligned, that can still be done. It doesn't mean that you need to have your own business. That could be done through a hobby. That could be done through a side business. Like it doesn't have to be full on a hundred percent. So I think that's important to share because when I started my entrepreneurial journey, I was working in the corporate world. I was working with other small businesses and medium-sized businesses. And I, I loved it. Like I like there, you know, I wasn't trying sometimes in people's entrepreneurial journeys, they're like wanting to get away from a thing. I was like, how do I do more of this? How can I be more here? Right? Like I was, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. So for me, the beginning of the journey, and I actually remember a really specific moment. I was working with a naturopathic doctor. I was trying to find a way to heal the anxiety that I was experiencing in myself and in my body that I was here. I'm going to be vulnerable again. This is not something I share readily with everyone. I was self-medicating, you know, I was trying to like make this anxiety go away. I was trying the natural things. I was trying all the things that are holistic and like nothing was quite getting to it. Right. And so I remember having this conversation with a naturopathic doctor and she was like, it sounds like what you need is to cultivate your creativity. Like just really lean into the things that you can do that are creative. And at that time I was teaching yoga. So I really put lots of energy and love into the cultivation of that being a creative process, how I taught my yoga classes. And that was a turning point in being like, ah, I can be creative, like so many places in my life that I'm maybe not allowing myself to be creative. And then of course, as you cultivate that though, more and more opens up and awakens inside of you, which is what happened to me. And then I wanted to do workshops and then I had ideas for this and for that. And then of course that just like keeps growing and growing and growing. And for me that grew into entrepreneurship, like having my own business. Right. But for other people that might grow into 
something else, like being a leader in their organization, being a leader in their, their community, being a leader in their household, like how that might look at the end or, you know, um, at the result, like could be so different for all of us, but we might all call ourselves like we have that entrepreneurial spirit, you know, because I think that also speaks to like a freedom of expression. So I would say like lean into your own creativity, pick one thing to start with, like what, just one thing, pick it, start with it, and then let that continue to build upon itself. You get the next idea, you do the next thing. Um, I would say that's the biggest tip because then of course, along the way, you're listening to, to source, to inner guidance. That's going to keep guiding you down the path, right? Like I remember the moment, you know, I had done some Reiki trainings and then I remember the moment where this thing came over me. Like, I can't even explain it. Just one day I woke up and it was like, you need to finish your Reiki training. Like right now there, you cannot pause. You cannot wait. It has to happen. Do it now. I'm like, And I was like, what? Like I didn't, that was not something I thought I would do. I didn't even really, I wasn't even thinking about it. I just woke up one day and that was the message, right? Like it, even starting my Reiki practice, you know, when I started years ago, I wasn't thinking about starting it. Someone approached me and they were like, Hey, I would like to receive a session from you. And I was like, Oh, okay. Um, this is brand new. I've never actually, I've never thought I was going to, okay. Right. And then I had to figure it out. So like (laughs) for me, because I was delaying things, the universe was like, Oh, here's a thing. Here's a thing. Do this thing. Here's the thing. Right. And so, um, yeah, the tip is pick one thing to be creative with start down that path and then notice where the universe is nudging you or encouraging you or what it's opening up for you or what it's not opening up. And then you might be curious about like, okay, well, what do I need to do to open that up? Or is that closing or closed for a reason? And then we redirect our energy. And sometimes that literally means a big pause, like really taking a pause and being like, okay, where are we going here? And even as an entrepreneur, like I still take pauses, whether those are momentary, whether those are a day, a week, whatever it needs to be, just be like, okay, where am I being directed now by the universe and by those that I am showing up to serve? Like what, what is it now? Like, just show me, guide me. I literally have that conversation with God because I, I, that feels the most authentic to me. That doesn't mean I don't take action, right? I still take action and all the things, but that's kind of the first step. I love how you incorporate the pauses as well, because it's, you might be so fixated on the thing that was good maybe a month ago or a week ago, and then you forget to listen and to, well, maybe you need to course correct. Maybe there's something new that came on your horizon that, that wasn't there a week ago. And it's that, that flow, that being flexible. Absolutely. The willingness to be flexible is huge. I also want to share because this has been part of my journey. So I think it's important to share it. I have worked with a ton of coaches. I have worked with a ton of my own healers. I have worked with therapists. I have worked with just, you name someone. I have worked with them. I have put time (laughs) and money and commitment and dedication into cultivating it all the dimensions that my business offers, right? Like my, my business dimensions, my spiritual healing dimensions, my coaching dimensions. So I think that's important because it doesn't happen overnight. It also doesn't happen alone. Right. Like I, I, my family members who've supported me, my partner, like with my assistant, like without their support, it just, it doesn't happen alone, but we do have to be willing to, 
to um, commit the time, commit the money, commit the like risk, commit in the process, right? Because we don't necessarily know what's going to be the outcome of it, but that has been part of it too. And that is another tip that I would share. Like you, you sometimes do need, not sometimes, like all the time, you need support. You need those resources that you might not have that other people can share with you or teach you. So that's been a big part of the behind the scenes as well. There's something to be said about experiencing all of those things for yourself. Yes. Um, that And being on that journey of healing and experiencing that and living through that, 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 that gives you a new, new perspective, right? It's different when you just read about it versus when you're going through all of that. And I mean, all of these questions, you know, off the air, we were reading them together before we started. And it's like, oh my gosh, each one, it hits you. Cause it's like, yes, yes, I was there. I went through that. Even you talking about your daily communication with source and this, you know, do this now. And I'm laughing because I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, I've had that. And how stubborn am I? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. Can you please stop? You're so pushy. You're so bossy. <laughs> like, I- I'm good. That seems kind of scary. Um, yeah, let- let's not do that. <laughs> right. The- these shared experiences of, yeah, people are like, it, it can be scary and overwhelming um, sometimes, but to have that support system, it's amazing because then you can use, you can lean on that support system and say, oh my gosh, this just happened. And I'm feeling scared or this started to trigger this, or, or, you know, I'm working on healing this and all of this is coming up. And I find that initial kind of breaking the ice is terrifying, but then you get met with a, oh, me too, me too. I had this, or I feel at a place here, or I've struggled with anxiety over all of these things. And once you kind of open up a little bit, you realize, okay, I'm really not alone (laughs) in this journey. And these people are meant to help support me and vice versa. I feel like that takes us really nicely into the second part of this question. When is it, when is it like, when is it like, Oh, I I can be a spiritual entrepreneur now. Um, Is spirit going to knock on your door, Erica, and be like, (laughs) now. You can just I tune wish. into that sound you hear. <laughs> um, well, here that you know it is a, it's it's both funny and true because yes. we do have the knocking, don't we? We yes. do. If we all look back in our life, we all have the knocking around something. And okay, if that's spiritual entrepreneurship, like again, if there's, I think I'm going to give a general answer because I feel like this, of course, applies differently to every person, and it depends how each person wants to express what spiritual entrepreneurship means to them, because that can be different. Like that can look different. Is it a service? Is it a product? Is it right? Like that would really make a difference. I think how this general answer is going to be um, met for each individual person. But I feel like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, there's almost like a, a few parts of this. There's the part of like, well, have you done your own work? Right? Like, what does that look like for your own journey? And I, I think that there is this saying like, heal or heal heal thyself. Like we must do our own work first. And that must be like a continual process. Now that might shift and change and look differently over time. It's not always going to be like, oh, I'm broken and I need to heal like that. No, that, that, that is not the thing that needs to be, but it might be like, oh, here's this little nugget that I feel like I need to tweak or I need to work on. Right. Like it doesn't mean that you can't 
help and support other people. But that is part of, I think from the people that I've known that do this work, that is usually part of the journey that they've been on their own journey too. Um, so that's, you know, kind of piece one. I think there's a second piece where like every moment in every day, there's an opportunity to help and support and people, right? Like in our own unique way, whether that's being a listening ear or literally just how we show up in the presence of ourselves. Again, it doesn't have to look a specific way. It doesn't have to be a specific outcome. I feel like we are, we can all support and help people, animals, the planet, who, whatever we're feeling called toward. Um, so it doesn't have to be a defining moment that like, this is the moment that I can start doing that for others. Right. Yes. Or I love that you even touch that you might not even, I mean, it doesn't have to be your end goal to do business on your own, that maybe no. that is just, that's right for you, that this doesn't have to be put on a pedestal as the ultimate no. goal. And I often share that with clients that I mentor. I'm like, if you are loving what you do and you love your career, there's just little tweaks we can do around it. Like we need people who are spiritual and entrepreneurial in every industry, in every role, in every job, in every title, in every sector, all over the world, right? Every, like we need it in politics. We need it in business. We need it in banking. We need it in healthcare. We need it all over the place. My goal is to help and support people wherever they are uniquely suited to be, that they are their very best that they can be. And if that that is being an entrepreneur, beautiful, but that isn't for everyone. There's a lot that goes into like really what it means to be a full-on entrepreneur, but there are also so many other roles that I'm like, I could never do that. I would love to support you in doing that. Your very spiritual best with your most creative, innovative self, because we need that in all facets of the world to solve the world's big issues and big problems. Oh, right. I love that. Yes. Yes. Um, and then the last piece, you know, if someone, and I think this applies to everything and it's maybe not the last piece, but if I was going to break it down to three big pieces would be the level of accountability and responsibility that it takes to, to call oneself, uh, you know, a spiritual entrepreneur, or like, I do think there's a practice of needing to like, what values are we living by? What morals or ethics or standards are we living up to? And that may shift and change over time as we continue to develop. I, you know, when I look back at myself 10 years ago, I'm like, oh goodness, okay. I maybe would have done something a bit different. Like <laughs> so we need to have compassion for that, but always be doing our best to be aligned with our own integrity. Um, and you might need to ask yourself, like, am I ready to take on that level of responsibility? Especially if you're going to work with, with guiding or supporting other people, that's a huge responsibility, right? So I, I think that's an important question, like a, a really practical question to be like, am I there yet? Do I feel like I can do that yet, right? Are there other things that I need support with first? Are there other things I need to kind of reflect on first? Or like, yeah, that actually feels like, yeah. And I think, again, that can develop and evolve over time. But especially if we're working in serving others, I do think that's an important thing to be aware of. Mm, I love that. Just a lot of things of uh, things that people can think about, but it's not, you know, yeah. you can't go Google it and like, okay, yes, Google <laughs> says I am ready <laughs> to do this, that it's really right. Wouldn't that be easy? I'd love that. <laughs> but it, it, really diving inward and seeing for yourself, are you ready or on the opposite spectrum? Are you ready? But you're there's fear blocking you 
or you get stuck. And I've talked to so many people that are, you know, addicted to studying and courses, me included, because you feel that, okay, I need something. I need another piece of paper that says I'm, I'm qualified that I'm ready, but it's really that diving inside and that only you can, you can tell yourself and that you're not going to have someone for a coaching session and you're going to be able to tell them, yes, you're ready (laughs) or no, you're not that you really have to do it for yourself. Right. And there was about halfway through my own journey when I finally was like, you know what, to go where I want to go in my life, in my business, there's a big something inside of me that I haven't confronted yet. And it was the, it was the anxiety experience that I was having, but I almost had not admitted to myself how bad it was. Like I didn't admit how much it was holding me back in many areas of my life. And then I literally remember the moment I remember where I was standing, I was like, Oh crap. This is a real thing that I have not fully addressed to the, like, I have not been ready to fully look at it in the depth that I need to look at it. And that moment happened. I worked with, um, a therapist for three and a half years. We worked specifically on this thing and then things flourished to a different level after that. Because that was something inside of myself that I was like, I know I haven't fully come to the depth, like the rock bottom that I need to come to in order for me to then flourish in all the ways I can. So again, very personal, very intimate. Nobody told me that I, it was that voice inside of myself, but I think we all might have those little defining moments or like the moment that I was like, I need to work with a business coach, like here, like to go further, like. I need that support and that guidance and that wisdom. Right. And so it, it really is knowing oneself first to the best that you can, because then you kind of know, Oh, it's time for this. It's not time for this. This is complete. This needs more, right? Like it, it is that ebb and flow um, because we are humans. We are going to continue to grow and evolve and develop. And so at different places in our own journey, that's going to look different. Mm, and knowing when to call in those supports. Yes. Okay, there's a time to go and where there's a time to do your work on your own, but then there's also a time to call in the supports and there's different there there's different levels as you go. And I find the more aware you are, it's like, okay, it, it gets, I don't want to say easier because it's never easier. And how many times have you thought you healed the thing and the thing keeps popping up and you're like, oh crap, I thought we dealt with that already. And there's a new, a new layer, a new dimension because, but the process becomes simpler that you, you tune in and you really trust that and that it might, it's hard work getting there, but what you have to do becomes simpler and more, I don't know, there's more of, there's more of that flow. There's more of that confidence, right? That, you know, you're going to come through on the other side. Uh, Yes to all of those words. And the word that I would add is we have a greater capacity. Mm. There's greater capacity to like, well, if I might feel anxious, well, now I have the capacity to be like, well, what's that feeling? What was the thought before? What was the triggering moment? What is this all about for me? I'm not running from it. I'm not avoiding it. Now I can lean into it because I have the capacity and the confidence to do that and the skills. 
I do find once we cultivate ourselves, it can become more playful. So it might not be easier. It will feel a little simpler in the sense that it's more playful and it's not like we don't go into the depths of despair every time. We're like, wait a second, I can play with this. I know how to work with this. Find watching kids really, really brings that out in me. And if I need those moments where I need to be more in touch with that playful side, that just watching my children really gives me that perspective of, okay, it doesn't have to all be grind and hard all the time, right? That you can bring in that lightness. Like you said, you're going to be in the depths of despair and you're going to stay there for like, you know, a solid three months. (laughs) It's like, no, you can be healing and you can bring in play and enjoy into all of it. Well, and I think that's what, like, like you say, children or animals or getting out in nature or doing things that feel outside of our comfort zone help us to do, right? Get us out of our head, get us into our body, get us into new experiences that might like awaken different parts of us um, that can also support that, that process, whatever it might become. If it's going to become entrepreneurship, great. If it's going to become something else, awesome. Um, but yeah, playfulness, I think is a huge part of that. How many of us lose that, that you have it when you're a kid, it just comes to you so naturally. And then you're taught, you know, you have to go into the grown up world and just lose all of that. And there's almost a joy of rediscovering that and almost reclaiming that again. It's like losing this part of you that you were told you can't bring into this adult domain anymore when you discover it again it's like oh this feels so natural and it brings so much joy and so much creativity and it's not so forced because I find I find a lot of the ways we can create as adults still have these adult rules on them instead of just playing with no expectations no outcomes that we can be really hard on ourselves of oh that doesn't look good or oh that doesn't sound like I wanted it to that it's um, you still apply all these kind of adult, I'm going to put in air quotes, adult rules to your creativity instead of just going for it, right? And just playing just for the pure pleasure of it. Yes. Yeah. And I think that does come from, you know, our own creative belief systems, the reinforced belief systems that we might have from culture and society. And yet there is totally the availability to move through those, past those, out of those to reclaim, like you say, this creative nature that is like literally in our heart for all of us. Yeah. Isn't it funny when you're on this journey, how much, much you realize that it's like you spend this whole time learning, learning, becoming that adult, right? And then all of a sudden you're unlearning, <laughs> you're unlearning it <laughs> all to get back to that true higher self that you were in touch with in the first place. I find that so fascinating. (laughs) I would almost call it like the part of us that is the be part or the being part and the part of us that is the becoming part. You know, the becoming part is like that learning and the becoming and what that looks like. And then the being part, we almost have to release the conditioning so we can remember that be, and then we can balance the be and the become, you know? That's not dominated by one or the other. It's like they can live happily. They can live happily together. (laughs) And I think in, in the world that we live in today, it's appropriate that they do. You know, it's appropriate that we have time for being and it's appropriate that we have time for becoming and it's appropriate that 
sometimes one gets a little more attention than the other, but that they end up kind of balancing out. If we look at our month as a whole, our year as a whole, our life as a whole. Mm. And I, I love how you talk about how it they, they don't have to balance every second of every day. So I'm going to go to a listener question that I, I find fits really well with everything and embracing those spiritual gifts. And this listener has a question about the fear around that. Um, and they specifically ask that um, they specifically ask, I'd like to know if other people are scared about receiving their spiritual gifts, uh, fears around who you will become, will it be overwhelming to integrate, um, and any blocks around um, receiving those gifts? What are, what are your thoughts around that, around the fear of opening this part of you up? I would say that I haven't met a human that doesn't have some type of fear. (laughs) I think really like most of us as human beings are, we fear is like a primal emotion that is there. First of all, like no matter what, there it is. Right. So we can either kind of avoid that fear. We can reject that fear. We can work with that fear. We can be curious about the fear. Yes. When it comes to developing our spiritual gifts, um, I, I feel like, a lot of people have these spiritual gifts from very early on in life. Like it's something that has been present. Now, some of those people haven't had any roadblocks to um, it being developed or, or no one has like judged it or it's been supported or maybe just there was nothing, you know, it's been neutral. And so maybe they hadn't needed to repress those gifts and those gifts could kind of just keep flourishing. Right. Other people have maybe had the experience of being very young, having a certain experience, maybe sharing it with someone that was, older in their life or someone else in their life. And then there was a certain response or reaction to that, that then kind of communicates to the child brain, like, Ooh, that might not be safe. We should maybe be afraid of that. Right. And so like all conditioning, it's just an opportunity then to say, all right, let's look into that. You know, it's another aspect of shadow, right? Something that we kind of knew about ourselves when we were much younger, we have repressed it, suppressed it because it didn't feel safe. Fear kind of surrounds it. So we keep saying to ourselves, oh, but remember that wasn't safe. So the fear is just there to reinforce. We don't, we want you to be safe. This might not be safe. So then it is something that we kind of have to tackle like thought by thought or moment by moment of like, well, what brings up that fear? So then we might need to work with that moment. What's the thought around that fear? We might have to work with that. What's the body sensation or the the other emotions present? We might need to work with that. Um, Very common, very common, because these are aspects of ourselves that us in the Western world, more specifically, it is not necessarily something that is wholly embraced because mostly in the Western world, we're at like a rational um, scientific state of evolution, which is so important. It has so, so many benefits. But that has also maybe led to this other part of ourselves in each human being slightly repressed as a culture. And and now there's maybe an opportunity to give them equal merit to support both of them. And I think that's why there's a lot more people interested in this. I think that's why there's we can even call ourselves spiritual entrepreneurs because we're maybe people in the world who are trying to help allow that to be just as um, valid as the rational approach and the scientific approach, which is also so important, but could, could we maybe have both? Could we, could we hold them both? 
Um, and so the roadblocks we may need to look at within ourselves and also culturally and societally, if that's a word. Um, and yes, the, the fear is totally common, but then we have to be willing to acknowledge like, but am I going to let that fear kind of dictate? Is the fear going to guide me or is it something else inside of me going to be what guides me? I also like to remind people because this happened to me in my own journey. You know, I had some intuitive things that happened and I was scared about it and I did kind of repress it. And then I had a, someone that I was working with that was like, oh, like you don't have to be afraid of this. You'll always be supported, cared for, protected. You'll always know what to do. And that switched it for me. You know, I share that same message with people that I work with because it's like, it, it is not something we have to fear. It, but again, it, we're all, if you're on the other side of that fear, you're like, oh, that seems crazy. What do you mean? It is not something I have to fear. So that's why we rely on mentors. That's why we rely on coaches or supports to be like, I've seen the other side and there's nothing you have to fear. Let's decide for you the best way to bring you to the other shore, to, to bring you through that journey. Right. And that could be, you know, in so many different facets of life, not just in our spiritual evolution, um, that could look differently in, in, you know, other modes of our own development. Um, but certainly in spiritual evolution, there's so much more unknown because it's beyond the mind. And of course, the mind is going to be like, ah, I don't think we should go there because I don't get to go on that journey. And I want to be part of all the journeys. I want to be <laughs> the middle of all the journeys. And so there is so true. This, right. There is this. <laughs> capacity that we need to be willing to cultivate in ourselves. that's like I'm okay with going into the unknown uh, like I trust that it is safe some part of me knows I'm whole I'm well it is safe to go into the unknown that is a part of us beyond the mind which is why it gets so tricky and why the fear seems bigger the closer we get to it because it's in the unknown sphere and the mind likes to be in what is known what is predictable what we can say for certain, that's where it feels the safest. All right. I love how you just normalize the fact that this is so common that you haven't met another human being that doesn't have this fear because uh, I don't know, it's just something maybe in our society that we don't, we're not open about talking about even you being open about anxiety during your journey. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I could go on for hours about my experiences with anxiety and my journey too, but it's, you know, for so many people, it's not a safe thing to talk about, or it's something that hasn't been normalized. And I, I find it's really interesting when you're bringing these different modalities from different cultures too, or from Eastern society and where it is, it's the opposite. Um, and it just shows you that there's, there's more to, to where you've been brought up in, in your household, um, in your city, in your country, that, that there's, there's different ways to kind of expand that way of thinking, especially when it comes around, around fear and things that you don't have to be scared of, that there's different supports um, and that the fear is natural. And then maybe leaning a little bit into the fear which is something that you don't want to do because the fear tells you in your mind, you're like, no, 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 we're not going to go into that like scary black hole. Right. <laughs> but it, it like the answers are within there. So I love how you bring in that, that just different aspect of there's different cultures that talk about this differently than 
we might in Western culture where it's more, I find more of a hush-hush culture that we're not going to talk about those things. We're not going to talk about anxiety, that how many people have had that experience with medicating the anxiety because the anxiety is bad, right? We want the anxiety to go away. So we're just going to push it down. Um, I find that really interesting about the things that you've learned along your path. You find a lot of those things are different that maybe we're just conditioned without really realizing it because of where we live. Oh, absolutely. And uh, the way that I am you know, wanting and doing my best to practice with myself and with my clients these days is taking more of an integral approach, like seeing things from a higher level. So we can look at all of it. We might call it like balancing the yin and yang and then transcending the yin and yang, right? Looking at the duality, looking at the relative positions of things and then transcending it to see, well, what can encompass all of that? And absolutely, depending on where we live, depending on where we were born, depending on what we were brought up around and with that's, I I do feel like that is going to determine to some degree how we approach everything, our body, our emotions, our thoughts, what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. Um, And again, the way that we've cultivated as a culture and society things in the West, some of it has been so important and so good and so powerful and has contributed to the whole world. But likewise, Same thing with other cultures contributing to ours. And um, I also think we have to break down fear in order to integrate more of that, right? To to integrate more and more of all of the the goodness from all these different perspectives, but heal or release or resolve the dysfunction from all these different perspectives. Because let's be honest, like there's both in all, right? No one's getting it perfect, you know, but... That's why to go back to meditation, that's why I love the practice, my personal practice of meditation, because that allows us to go to that place of like zero, that place of absolute perspective. But then we can view all the relative perspectives from that absolute place. And and we may feel differently about it. We may look upon it differently. And that changes everything. It really does, doesn't it? You, You start to realize that perspective. Changes everything that you could be, you know, a group of people standing here looking at this one tree and everyone is seeing different things. And it really, it really opens up to every tiny facet of your life. How much of that is perspective Yes, based on, like you said, this slew of things, like there's so many different things from, from this lifetime and beyond and spiritual aspect. It's like layer over Lair just it makes your mind hurt to think about it and that's when I think I'm like oh that's why your mind needs to just you know to take a little vacation for a little bit sometimes and not try to not try to figure it out just try to to feel and appreciate it from for what it is go back to that that center place I love how you always anchor back there yeah I mean that where else will 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 we anchor you know <laughs> to me that feels like the most authentic place to anchor to and then from there well, we can explore oh that's beautiful let's have a question here about um belonging in the loneliness which yeah. i really like um too around that um and it's interesting because from the question about fear and the whole conversation about fear and now there's an 
kind of, um, I don't know, I guess parallel question I feel goes into this about loneliness and, um, this listener asks if, do other people feel alone in their journey? Um, is loneliness a part of the learning? Someone else who talks about making a big transition into spiritual entrepreneurship. Um, and they say, although I'm excited to follow my passion, I feel lonely in this new world. It's like starting school week after everyone has already met and I feel out of place. Mm-hmm. So this, this, there's the fear aspect. And now it's like, okay, we're diving into the loneliness or maybe you've made the leap and there's this loneliness attached to it. And, and is that supposed to be there too? I think the first question was around like, okay, is this normal? Is this always the case? Or what, what do I need to do <laughs> to possibly make that better? First of all, I feel like this is a really um, appropriate time to just acknowledge the listeners who have submitted these amazing questions. Like how beautiful and vulnerable are these questions? I literally am like, thank you, thank you, thank you for all the people who've submitted questions. Like these are phenomenal questions and it makes me so excited to get to answer them. And I feel like they're meant for a reason. They're meant for you right now because it's it's not only about you and I talking, but everyone else is going to listen and say, me too, me too, me too. I absolutely feel like this. So let's dive into this. As much as the mind is also built on fear, it's also built on separation. The mind has an illusion of separation, that I am a separate self, that I am separate. I need to be safe. There are other um, others, but you know, there's me, I, and then other. And then anytime that gets accentuated, I feel like one of the things that comes out of that is this feeling of loneliness, right? And, and there is this difference between the, um, well, the, I want to use the word drama here. The mind can get a bit dramatic about loneliness, right? And it can really take that to a, a level that is not necessarily realistic in reality, but the mind is like, oh, there's a little bit of that there. I'm going to run with this, right? So first of all, it's sometimes helpful to just like acknowledge where the mind might be taking that to, because I do feel that there are supports all around us, whether that's the people who love us in our life, whether that's other, you know, specifically in entrepreneurship, other entrepreneurs who we could reach out to, whether that is, um, you know, spiritual support, there is support all around us within us. We are not actually ever alone because ultimately we are all one. There is oneness right? Duality would tell us otherwise. The mind really likes to accentuate duality and separation. So if we get caught up in that, the loneliness feels more extreme. I also want to share though, from an evolutionary perspective, we do ebb and flow between belonging and community and individualism and and maybe being alone in order to cultivate. So we, we ebb and flow from community to individuality and we kind of go back and forth as we continue to evolve as humans. That's actually important and appropriate too. So for example, for this listener saying like, well, now I'm at this phase of my journey where I'm feeling kind of lonely. I feel like, you know, everyone started the race and I'm still here at the beginning. Well, that might be your, you know, the experience of where they are on their evolution right now. And that's actually okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Again, that might be the mind overlaying a story that may have come from culture or society or childhood around, I am alone, or like, I have to do things alone, right? There might be a belief system there, but also 
I, you know, I had a, um, a mentor say to me once, you know, get left behind, you'll get more done. And I always remind myself that when I'm like, Oh God, I didn't get all the things done and all the things I want to do. And it's like, just be where you are and do what needs to be done today. Going back to our conversation around source and guidance. And then the next day builds on the next day. And we have to be willing to be vulnerable and reach out for support. If we really truly feel a sense of loneliness, that is, um, uh, debilitating, you know what I mean? Like you really, whether it's like just asking source, asking God, asking divine or calling our family member or a friend, or, you, you know, we do need to reach out too, right. Or right. So that is important as well, because again, the mind can take it and run with it. It's a normal experience. It's part of evolution. It's part of the, what the mind has been built on, but we don't have to feed into it more. We can acknowledge it, not feed into it anymore. And then say, okay, Hey, what do I need right now? And maybe the support or the connection is like, I need to get outside. I need to connect with my breath or my body. Connection is not always needing to be human to human. Maybe it's with your animals, right? There's just so many ways we can connect that will allow us to have that sense of belonging to something bigger or something more. If we're feeling that loneliness on the journey, in addition to that, no one can do this journey for us. We can have support, all the support in the world. And it is fairly common to still feel alone and lonely on the journey because no one can feel what we feel. No one has had our unique experiences. No one, you know, there's a song, to, a song lyric, you can put me to bed, but you can't feel my pain. Like, what, right? So that can feel that way on this journey. And let's normalize that and let that be okay. And then also just proceed like in the face of the feeling lonely or the feeling alone or the mind perpetuating that with story built from belief systems. Let's also acknowledge, heal, shift, whatever we need to do there and then proceed because it's not really true. We're really all one. And this is a beautiful journey that we experience together and alone and alone together. Just the duality of that. It's in all things, right? And Yes. In everything, there's the two sides of that. I love how you talk about acknowledging it too, that we're not shoving it down. We're acknowledging that it's there and and we're still proceeding with it, that you're taking that time to sit with that emotion um, and really discovering where it's coming from and why it's coming up for you, that it can be coming up for people and for different reasons in different ways. Absolutely. I mean, I like, again, here we're going to dive into vulnerability. I still feel that every day on the entrepreneurial journey. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so alone. I'm all by myself. What do I do? And then I'm like, okay, calm down. Like, first of all, let's just feel that. Let's experience it. If you need to express that to someone, if you need to reach out, or maybe I just need to like literally sit in meditation for a couple of minutes and, and feel that I'm, I'm not really, not really alone, but my mind likes to run with that too. So that, I mean, so common, And so many different ways to, to look at that. And any advice for finding a community, maybe you kind of making a transition and maybe those supports are not that you've had in your past, maybe are not the supports that you need currently. Do you have any advice of like, okay, where do I even go to, to find this, these new people? (laughs) Great question. I feel like the best way to speak to this is first from personal experience 
And then also to say that, you know, you have this podcast community. I have group, you have group programs. I have group programs. There are definitely communities out there. So I guess first to, to say there are a hundred percent communities out there and the right community for you at the right time and the right moment. First of all, let's believe that let's know that. Second of all, you know, in my own experience where I've transitioned through and in different communities, it, again, it's always been not to like take this too far, but there's always been a little sign. I remember once I was really wanting to sing. I really wanted to sing and I wanted to connect with a, a spiritual community. And it ended up being a, a local church and they were really about singing and they did like rock music. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. How I got onto that was someone who told me a story about their experience. And I used that story, that little inkling, that little moment, that five second conversation. And I was like, I should look into that. Right. Or I have had experiences of a friend of mine being like, it feels like this might be a nice fit for you. Like, have you ever considered this? And then I look into it. Right. So I would I would encourage people to be aware that the little inklings are already there. The little signs, the little messages, the little the little like nudges to maybe try this thing or be part of this community. They're there what are your interests? You know, go on. If you love knitting, if you love singing, if you love walking, if you love people, if you don't love people, if you love animals, <laughs> if you prefer to spend all your time with books and in nature, well then like take that thing that you're interested in that one little interest, just pick one that's budding and then see about communities that are surrounding that, that thing. And, um, because of the way that our world has shifted and changed globally, now you don't, it doesn't have to be locally in your community. Maybe it's like on the other side of the world and that's where you are feeling that community. And that is totally okay too. And that's why it's so beautiful that we have the technology that we do because we can connect with communities anywhere that are interested in the same thing as us and, and feel that sense of, of belonging and support. I appreciate that you also look at the perspective of it, it can be with other people. It can be with animals. It can be within yourself. I feel really called to share a story of a recent course that I took that was online. So see here again, it's amazing what you can do online overseas, which is, isn't that amazing that you can sit there with a room of people with shared interest and you're all from different places. Oh, amazing. But the instructor was talking about at the time when he was starting his spiritual development, that everyone was telling him, you have to sit in a circle. Like, this is the thing you have to do, you know, like on your list, go find a circle, go sit in a circle, go, go practice. And he said he kept on, like he found a circle and he sat with the circle and it just wasn't like, it didn't feel right. It's like, okay, here's the community that I'm supposed to be with and it doesn't feel right. And he took that opportunity to tune in like you keep talking about. And the messaging he got was, well, we'll sit with us. That is spirit teams like sit, sit with us that will, will teach you that if that doesn't feel right, sit with us and we'll teach you. And that story has really stuck with me because it's, it really expanded my mind to, to what your community is. Um, it's not necessarily the people that are next to you all the time. It could be the animals in your life, right? It could be the pets. It could be tuning into source and tuning into your spiritual team that like you had said, you are truly never alone and definitely not to the capacity that your mind likes to <laughs> get carried 
away with that every waking moment of your day you you are not alone even if your your senses are telling you you are there's so much there beyond them and yeah i i really loved i love that story you know thank you for sharing that 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 reminds me of a, a moment i had where you know things were falling apart and i was feeling really alone and lonely and i was the communities I was part of, like, it was not, it was not feeling aligned anymore. And I I did feel that sense of like, I literally feel like I'm losing all the things that I've built up upon, like built into my life. And I, (laughs) my partner had bought a book for himself, but I thought he was giving it to me as a gift. And it was a big joke anyway. And I was like, Oh, I'm just going to take it. It's for me now. And the title of the book, I don't remember what the title was. It was boat meditation, but the subtitle was like, like making, helping your mind become your best friend or so it was about becoming friends with yourself and with all those inner dimensions of yourself. And I remember thinking like, well, I guess this book really was for me because I'm feeling this loneliness. I'm not feeling that I'm connecting anymore the way that I have been. And what is that all about? And I just really leaned into that message and, you know, of course read the book and it was a lovely book, but it was that bigger kind of spiritual message the perhaps the guides being like right now, make the friend within. And then that will perhaps guide you to now where you're going to connect and, and what that looks like. And it might be a, a small pause or it might be a big pause, right? Depending on different people's experiences, but yeah, there's a huge community inside of oneself, you know, deeply and also high, right? It's deep and it's high and it's, it's wide. And, and um, it's, I think equally as important to connect with that community too. Actually, that ties in perfectly because this listener asks, how do you get in touch with your spirit and stay connected? So can you speak a little bit? How how do you connect both within and to your team above? How how do you even go about embarking on that journey? And I also love the part of staying connected as well. This is a really beautiful question that I actually feel like um, it, it's difficult to answer because I don't know that everyone's answer would be the same for this. I understand you're ans- asking me, so I will share my answer, but I think it's important to just say from the get-go that it could look and be a different experience for everyone. I feel like one of the first ways is acknowledging that spirit, which I often use interchangeably with like our consciousness, our like innate consciousness, like that we all are the oneness. That's always there. That's always inside of us. That didn't go anywhere. It's not doing anything different. Like it is there. It's at the table and it's whether or not we're sitting at the table with it, or we've kind of turned from it a little bit and whether we've turned like five degrees, 180 degrees. Right. And so it's more, I think that often the first step in a lot of the things that I teach is like that permission that there, that you're willing, that there's permission to say, Oh, I, I am wanting to turn into that. I honestly feel like the moment that question is asked, the moment we ask that we've turned to it in that instant, in that moment, there it is. It's right there. So the mind will always tell us it's going to take time. It's going to be a long thing. I'm never really going to be fully ready. We have to be able to acknowledge that in an instant, in a moment, that part of ourself is there. It's ready. We can connect. I think that's the first step because otherwise it could sound like it's just going to take eternities for that to be possible. It's here. It's now. 
However, on a more practical standpoint, I mean, certainly I literally, I personally have daily rituals that reconnect for me, you know, I'll call it a prayer practice, but it's a communication with source practice, you know, literally talking to source saying, here's where I'm at today. Here's what's going on in my life. Here's what I'd love support with. Here's what I'm thankful for. Like going through that process a little bit every day to just say, I'm, I'm in communication with you. I'm talking to you. I do it out loud, which is, can feel really vulnerable. You know, I'm, I'm in a room by myself. It's not like I'm, but right. I'm, I'm having that conversation with source with spirit, with consciousness inside of me. And then I sit in meditation so that I can have an opportunity to listen back. Right. And I also love to go for nature walks. It doesn't matter how long they are, but without listening to anything so that I can just have spaciousness to be there with spirit because it's there inside of me. Right. So I need to, for me, it's like I initiate opportunities to communicate with it. But then I also initiate space and quiet to hear it back. So, you know, I have a few different rituals for that to support that. But those are some of the main ones. For a lot of people, because of the state of fight and flight, freeze, faint, fawning that that is happening in their nervous systems, some of those things that I've shared are not even fully feeling accessible to them. So the first step would be getting to a place of calming that down, getting to a place of the nervous system, feeling more restored or more balanced or more in harmony. So you could even consider doing some of those practices, right? So depending on where you're at in yourself and your life, what you're going through, we might have to approach it differently because, you know, one size doesn't fit all. Um, And, but permission creating space to talk with source, spirit, divine, creating space to listen and hear back and daily, like daily or every other day. Like it has to be a practice. It has to be a commitment. Not when we feel like it, not like, Oh, not today. Like it's a dedication. It's a commitment. It's a devotion to that. And then again, it's literally right there waiting for you. So as soon as you turn to it, as soon as you turn into it, Oh, there it is. Um, So yeah, does that answer that question? (laughs) I think so. And especially the emphasis you put on that you're never disconnected from it. It's not like a moment where, okay, all of a sudden you're, you're plugged in that maybe you're just, you know, adjusting the radio a little bit and you're tuning in, or maybe as you continue to practice, the volume gets louder and more clear and you're able to receive these messages in different ways that you were originally, but, but there's never a disconnection (laughs) that it's not like, okay, you're alone and you're disconnected from everything. And you have to do these things to get reconnected. It's like, no, you are right now. That light, that spark, that, that God source, the Tao, the it's, it's in you, it's right there. But what happens is the light bulb gets covered over with the belief systems and the experiences that, you know, support the belief systems and the conditioning. And then our, all the things that happen as we grow. So then it becomes this, okay, what do I personally do and need to do to uncover that again? Because that again, can look different for everyone, depending where they're at, what they're experiencing. Um, and I, I, it's not helpful to be like a one size fits all right. Um, but that light is always there. There's just been like the light's been filtered by all of these other things. And then as we take off those filters, those interferences, ah, well then the light shines brighter and it is so much easier to connect. 
And it is literally there every day and we can feel and we can acknowledge it. Um, but I, I, I do understand when I think about, you know, being in the midst of my own, when I was right in the middle of things being completely covered over, like I can appreciate that people feel that way. Right. And, and I think it is important to say that's okay. That is literally okay. That's part of how we evolve and develop as humans that we might forget that we, it might get covered over. Um, but it, 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 like you're reinforcing here, it's not to say it isn't there. It's not to say you can't get back to it. And it's not to say that it takes a lot of time or like there's so much healing that needs to be done before you get there. But it is to say that it's usually uh, a dedication, a commitment, a practice of it. Um, because the mind is so strong, um, because it's been conditioned for millions of years <laughs> to be the, the boss, to be the one that has center stage in our life. Um, but that's exactly what we kind of need to like clear or work with so that that light can shine more clearly. Mm, yeah. But <laughs> I like how you mentioned that, okay, it's, it's so dominant for a reason that yeah. it's been you know, it's had to, it's evolved that way. So it is actually harder (laughs) to quiet the mind for that reason. And it's okay if it's not completely quiet. It's just that not, we don't want it to always have center stage, right? We want it. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like one of the other dimensions of self, but not the core of self, (laughs) right? The core of self is spirit, is consciousness, is, you know, original nature, true self, authentic self. That's what we want to know. We've always had, it's always been there. And we each may uniquely need to look at how we get back to it, uncover it. Um, And yet if you can acknowledge it is there, you could just drop into it in a moment. And the location of it, which might be helpful for some people as a practical standpoint, um, is literally like behind the sternum, right? Like it's, it's literally the energetic heart area or like the physical heart area in kind of the center of our chest. And that has been known since the time of the Egyptians, since the time, but like, that's not something like we've made up in modern times. Like they had a sense of that. People had a sense of that. The consciousness is in that space inside of us. So even just putting your hands on that space or breathing into that space or dropping your inner vision down to that space will help to connect with it more uh, like quickly and instantly. I've talked to people that they find guided imagery hard that they find it hard to bring these visuals so if you are one of those people that find the visuals hard or at least at this point do you find the physical the connection of even just touching this place in your body could be helpful with connecting very much so i mean the thing is we all have different learning styles we all have different beliefs over all of our sensory experiences subtle and physical and so if, if you are someone that's more kinesthetic, that, that wants and likes and learns from touch, then touch might be a better way to connect. If you're someone that visualizes, you could imagine it or see it. If you're someone that hears things, um, there, it might be sounds that come to you when you're tuning in to, to spirit or to source or to, to that place in ourself. It might be the void of sound. Like maybe there, there's like no sound there, right? And, and so use the abilities that you already have that are already strong to direct yourself into that space. Mm, Thank you for giving us kind of that 
more of a concrete location. Cause I find sometimes it can be so vague of like, well, connect within. And you're like, well, where, you know, your mind has been dominant for so long, like well, within where, like my foot, like where are we going? <laughs> so to have that, like, okay, something to concentrate and also ground your thoughts into is so super helpful. And let me share a resource that I, so literally, you know, in Halifax, the, the Egyptian, um, the Egyptian museum exhibit came here. And when I saw it, which whether that, I think it was a year ago or so, two years ago, um, I was reading about how the Egyptians knew this and they studied it from my body talk training. That is something that's clearly communicated you know, in the body talk textbooks, um, Michael Singer, the author of the, um, untethered soul, he has one of the chapters in that book, beautiful description of how to drop into that place inside of you. So there's, again, so many people are saying it. So many people have known this for centuries. Um, and yet somehow it is not (laughs) as clearly communicated, uh, it's a bit more ethereal, and and yet we do have to kind of bring in a little bit of the practical, a little bit of the concrete to help to help ourselves if we don't know what to experience. That okay, start there, and so that might be a nice book for people to read, um, "The Untethered Soul" by Michael Singer. If they haven't read it, I mean, it's a beautiful book that really kind of summarizes a lot of spiritual things in a really uh, efficient way, and also you know in a lovely, just in a lovely voice. Right, the writing is is nicely shared. So that might help too. But yeah, that's, that's where a key location of it is. Well, well, I hope that helps people. And I'll put the book titles and everything we've talked about, um, as well as any of the resources, your own personal resources and um, workshops and mentoring (laughs) all in the show notes there. So people can have that one source of if, this information resonated with you, if your story resonated with them, okay, kind of, you can scan and see what really stands out for you. And like you said, follow, follow that nudge, see where it, where it leads you. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Cause there's, there's tons of different resources and it's like, what is the innate priority? What is like the thing right now that is kind of that next step to right? And that could look different for every person. Yes. And that's why there's so many amazing people doing amazing things and have specialties and this and that. And that really, I mean, there's so much out there. Like you said, that's the beauty of technology is there's so much and you have so much access and it it can be overwhelming, but when you're at that place where you're tuning inwards, I think you can really feel out, okay, what direction do you need at this moment? Yes. And it's, it's like, pick something and start, pick something and begin. And, and then the trust comes in, in terms of, and know that like, then the next thing will reveal itself. This is, if you don't mind me sharing this piece around intuition. Um, I think sometimes the misunderstanding around intuition is that like, when you, when intuition is strong for someone, the whole path is going to be laid out and all the answers, and you're going to see the end result. And before you begin, you're going to see it all. In my experience, that's not really how intuition works. Sometimes it does. Like sometimes you get you get information that's ahead of its time for sure. But if we're talking about the practical use of intuition daily and probably the more common experience of it is like 
listen to the intuitive nudge is a nice word, the intuitive nudge, the intuitive whisper, the intuitive guidance, that, that little thing that's like, ooh, this. And then the next thing will come. And then the next thing, right? You, you take one step on the staircase and then the next stair appears. Whoever said that famously, I know that is a famous quote, but that's what we must do to cultivate and, and lean into our intuition is, is like, you're not going to see it all. You're not going to know all the things you're supposed to do right now, but you're going to know the next thing. So do the next thing. And then the next step, the next piece will be revealed. And I think that might help people with intuition and spirit connection, because I, I feel like maybe people are waiting for something big or grandiose or the whole plan. And that's not necessarily realistic, nor the way that it often happens. It reminds me, so in our house, the two girls, there's a lot of female energy. Frozen is a big thing. And if you don't have kids or you don't have daughters, I would recommend Frozen to anyone because the messages in it is amazing. And I remember one of the characters was just consumed with grief and the advice she was given was to do the next best thing, just to do, take the next right step in that moment and like you said, you, you don't have to have it all laid out. Just, just do the next step and the next step will lead to the next and the next. And then all of a sudden you're looking back and thinking, wow, <laughs> that, that was amazing. Look how far I've come. But don't worry about that. Just just do, do the next right thing that feels right for you in that moment. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because the the... It's a long life. It's a it's a long infinite time span that we are actually living as part of. And so, how beautiful is it that we don't need to know all of it, and we don't need to have the full picture. We don't see the full puzzle all put together. You you dump that puzzle out of the box, and you're building it piece by piece, right? And and that's okay. That that's also how our spiritual journeys, our spiritual entrepreneurship journeys, you know how life unfolds. Thank you for tuning in and sharing this very special space with me. If you loved what you just listened to, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And I would be so grateful if you left a comment, a rating, and shared with anyone that you feel called to. Sending you so much love and light. Until next time.